What is up, everybody? We are here. Welcome. Got an incredible guest tonight, someone I'm very excited to talk to, a good friend, someone I look up to, a well-respected figurehead of the community, someone that's done it all. It's kind of even hard to start. I don't know where to start. I was like, thinking, I'm like, what do I want to talk about? There's so many, there's so many things. There's, there's all the credits from his work with Dre, Snoop, Eminem, Alicia Keys, the early days with Stevie Wonder's, the family ties with Stevie Wonder. The, the clap stack, like one, my favorite symbol ever invented. Definitely <laughs> one of the most Thank revolutionary you. symbols of... Thank you. I mean, since the hi-hat. <laughs> Trevor Lawrence Jr., thanks What's for up, being man? here, bro. Man, How are thanks you, for man? having me, bro. I'm good. I'm good. I'm great. Splendid to be here. And so since you're constantly adding to your credits, I was just looking at your PDF right before we started. I was like, I need to catch up on, oh man. I'm like, even you even had 2022 stacked already. I'm like, we're halfway through it stacked. And now this week you got the Khaled album as well, which you were on. Congrats yeah, on that. Thank you, man. It's always a blessing to have a record come out. You know what I mean? And so you, have, you have such a big arsenal, right? Of songs that you've already done like maybe a year or two years, 10 years ago mm -hmm. that are then all of a sudden now will come out. Of course, you're still working on music mm -hmm. all the time right now, but like that's what happened with Khaled. Yeah. I mean, you know, me personally, since I've been working with Dre so long, I got, I'm, I'm, we have literally thousands of ideas, right? But this was came from a more focused batch of things. Cause you know, with the internet, you know, people follow it. It's like a couple years ago it was no, no secret that we were working on an album with Yay. And, uh, you know, it, for whatever reason, it, it didn't come out. And then this song came out, which was from that project, and came out on Khaled, and that's beautiful. So, you know, it's just one of those things where so many other powers control things after you've made it. You know, people think that we're so, like, controlling. And we, we don't, sometimes you just don't know. Like, yeah. I, there's a lot of times where you'll see a record and be like, oh, okay, you know, we made it, or we didn't. You know what I mean? It, yeah. it changes. It could change after you thought you were on it. You know what I mean? So it's like, it was great because I saw one of the other guys in our squad, shout out to ICU, my brothers, um, Dr. Dre, you know, we have our team. And uh, I saw one of the other guys post that he had a song on Khaled, but I hadn't paid any attention. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So a couple days later, I saw somebody else from the crew post like something about it. And I was like, still kind of confused. I still hadn't, I hadn't seen the track listing or anything. And so I was on my internet that night. I was on the internet that night, and I went to some blog or something, and they put, posted the track list. I was like, oh, this, we made the record. That's really how you, even at this point in 2022, are finding out that you have a song on, like, a hit album. You're hey, like, man. Oh, you, you're not getting any sort of heads up. This just, is coming out next week. You just don't. Yeah, Nothing. it's like sometimes. I mean, you know, most of the time you do. because there's But there's business. a problem there. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Who, okay, so who do you think should take that responsibility? Is that a publisher or is that a label? Nah, I is feel it, like it moves so fast in this day and age, man, with the digital stuff. It's just so fast in the thing. And, and I think there was a, a time when you needed that lead time to physically make a record happen, yeah. right? And we just don't need that no more. It's basically right. farm to table now, right? So decisions and stuff, you know, a lot of time, you know, with Yay, you always hear the stories of, well, I mean, I know people on that work on those records and I, my buddies will be texting me like, yeah, you know, we're like when he was doing the events, you know, they, yeah. he was still making a record, oh, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So it's like, it's like a direct thing, you yeah. know what I mean? So I feel like now 
you know, for the most part, things get hand, you know, get dealt with and, and, and all that. But a lot of stuff still gets dealt with after you're done with a record. I mean, right. you know, when it comes out, it's not like everything's buttoned up. You know what I'm saying? It takes time for that stuff to, you know, to be finished. Yes, but also <laughs> without giving without giving too much benefit of the doubt or too much credit to a party, you have teams behind these huge artists, right? Yeah, yeah. Khaled's hyping up the album right. for weeks on right. his Instagram. Right. It's going to come out. It's going to be the biggest album. Right. His team knows, yeah, maybe there's, of course, songs being mixed and being worked on up until release day. I know, yeah. of course, that happens, which couldn't happen back then, but, right. now, but now can. Right. So... Well, with the exception of that one or two or three songs, there's mm-hmm. another 10 tracks, 12 tracks that are like, yeah, that's for sure on the album. Right, right. right. At, least, at least a week before sure. it's known, right? Album artwork's done. Sure. All this stuff. So I feel like it, it could, is it a technology problem? I don't think it's a because problem. Because the distribution is there. If you can get it into millions of fans' hands immediately, why can't you let every single writer right. on each song know, even the day it comes out, congrats, this came out today. Right. Well, I noticed that. Um, I mean, I don't look at it as a problem. I just look at it as I think it's a problem if it doesn't get handled. Right. But like, I noticed that you know, obviously, and the other my other thought process is obviously when a song is put out there and you see who did it, then you know, I looked a few days later, it popped on my timeline, you know, from Muso, and they're all the credits, right? So it's like you know, and they do that on Spotify. So you know, and sometimes it takes time for that stuff to catch up. It's right. just. I've had so many things happen where I didn't get credit when it's supposed to be, you yeah. know, like, and that you just get, you, it's almost like you're happy. You just happy. Hope it works out, you yeah. know, cause you understand getting public credit has nothing to do a lot of times with the business. There's plenty of things where the business is fine for sure. And the credit just got screwed up for on sure. the internet. So, you know, I, I, there's I, a lot I, of that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. a lot of it. And some of it's purpose you know, on yeah. purpose. Don't get it twisted, but you know, I don't want to have that negative, energy, you know, towards, I mean, I had another friend of mine, you know, that really helped me through that thought process. Cause I was always going with the, Oh man, they're trying to get me, they're trying to get me. And you know, once you start putting on records yourself or doing that stuff, you realize it's not even that. Like yeah. I remember doing my, when I did a record like four, four or five years ago, it's a lot of people to have to contact and deal with and get sorted, you know? So it makes you realize, especially on something that huge, it's it's not always like an overthought. And right. my thing is, as long as if it's a big record like that, as long as it shows who did it, the, everything will catch up. For you know sure. what I'm saying? So when you're young, you're like, oh, if it doesn't show the first day, I'm gonna sue them. You know, you learn that that's just not the way it works, man. It's just and that you have to trust too that folks are not gonna let you. You know what I'm saying? Because I also do have that huge engine in my favor. So. For sure. I'm not really worried about They'll get to it. You, you know have the mean? flywheel already going. You're decades into your career where you've yeah. had hits for <laughs> decades, right? So, but yeah, but, but I know the pain point of like, especially to, yeah, a new writer, new producer, yeah. or whatever. Yeah. That's like, yo, that credit can change my life though. No, no, you know, like, huge. Like I need that credit, you know, no, like, absolutely. The, like almost, I bet, I bet you a lot of these new producers and writers, you know, will be like, yo, I don't even need the points. Just give me the credit. Man, you know, at least so you give man. me that, give me yeah. the pedestal. Not that that's right. Everyone should be getting compensated. No, I know what you mean though. But yeah. I mean, imagine if we didn't have that like liner notes, right. right. You know, back in the day, I mean, yeah, that yeah. was how cats got work for sure. You know, other than the word of mouth, I mean, you know, it could be word of mouth in LA, Yep. But it's not going to be word in the mouth in Italy. If somebody wants to call you to do a session, they're knowing because they saw the album. For sure. And they heard it, right? Because we didn't have internet like this. 
So the credit does matter a lot. And also the influence that you're giving to the next generation, the fans that are reading the, the liner notes or the or the show credits or whatever on Spotify, whatever it is today. Yeah. Right? Like, I mean, for me as a music fan, when I was a kid reading those liner notes, I'd be like, who was on drums? Sure, of course. Oh, it was Jack DeJanet. We all do, yeah. Right? Like, oh, man. Like, but if, if I was miscredited or just no credits. Right. And I, and I remember back then there would be some times where there was no credits. Like, right. it would just be all art or something. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I'd be like... <laughs> as a drummer, right. who is this? You know, right. I, I gotta know. Like, and there wasn't the internet. <laughs> I seem to remember that being with like yeah. Madhouse because right. I think Prince played everything. But right? e but even now today, so with you for example, you have so many credits, right? You're on like like every single year for the last twenty years from the '90s with you with with mm -hmm. like Snoop and Dre and everything all the way still Eminem now even still with Eminem right. you're on the newest Eminem too compared to even from the early 2000s, right? Right. But it's hard for me, just as a fan or a friend or whatever of you, that wants to know, like, okay, Trevor Lawrence Jr., what tracks did you do, right? Because right. it'll just, I can find out what album that you're on. Like, okay, you did, you're on 24 Karat right. Magic. I know you're on 24 Karat Magic, right. but I'm like, which track is it? Right. Or which tracks? Right. Right? And, like, even now I'm like, and I'm, and I'm like, even a connected person in the industry, and I'm right. still like, I don't know. I have to just ask you. Well, I noticed something that happened weird. When I put out my Relationships album in 2017, all of a sudden, Discogs just had that. Like, everything yeah. else was there, like how they normally do, naturally, and it was like a nice chronological thing. Yeah. And then that came out, and it was like, there was nothing else there. You know, yeah. or Wiki, you know, it's like somebody made a correction, and I don't even know if it's back yet. And that's been <laughs> six months, you know? Right, right. But the other thing, too, man, is that, um, you know... Uh, I have a weird problem because the junior of my name is only there to differentiate between me and my father. Yeah. Because my father doesn't play drums, but he is a writer and producer. Yeah. You know, so early on, you know, even when we were in our our studio and I would be working, you know, had a room there when people would call. like, which Trevor, right? So the junior came just to try to do that, but it's not a real name. Like, my name is not Trevor Lawrence Jr. on my driver's license. Really? No. So it's like... My credits get mixed with his, you know, they'll put Trevor Lawrence Jr., Trevor Lawrence, and then once you do Trevor Lawrence, you'll see all music will have all kind of stuff. So yeah. I've had people... Yeah, you're older than yeah, I thought. That's <laughs> the, man, man, I didn't know you played on that. I said, bro, you think I'm 70 yeah, or something? Yeah. <laughs> so you were on Stevie's album when you were one? Yeah, and I did get a chance to do one of Stevie's album, but it wasn't yeah. Songs of the Key of Life. Right. I, I wasn't around then. And your, you know? and your mom and your dad were on Songs of the Key of Life? Absolutely. Several. Several of those records. Unbelievable, I think dude. it may be even my aunt, too. My aunt was on something else, I think. But my dad, my mom and dad, for sure. And somebody on the wall who's who's, who's known me since a baby, which is Greg, that's like family. I mean, that's Killing my guy. Games. Yeah, that's, that's, you know, hard to believe, but he used to do this to me at one time. <laughs> he looks so young, too. You know, yeah. so, but it's like, and that put me around a lot of people. Like, you yeah, know, of course. on the drum side, I mean, the reason I'm at DW is because of Keltner. Keltner is like an unofficial grandfather for me. Wow. Man. That's like, that's like, you know, used to do this to me. Yeah. That's my guy. Like, he was at my house at my release party for my album. You know, that's a great, and I taught him how to use the MPC years ago. And like, you know, so like Jim is my guy. So that's why I ended up going to DW as far as drum goes. But I try to differentiate. I mean, I think anything safely you could say after 
probably really in the 90s, really, it's going to pretty much be me, you know, as far as new things coming yeah. out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, you know, definitely from the 2000s, you know, to not confuse yeah. the Trevors. It's but, all you know, junior. Yeah, all junior you know what I'm them. saying? It's, it is what it is, man. It's hard to get that algorithm and all that, you know, just to work because you don't have just a unique name. You know yeah. what I mean? So and, and so where in L.A. were you raised? I was raised in half L.A. till about 13 and then Studio City. And then Studio City, I went to middle school, and then I lived there, but I bussed back over to Hamilton. Oh, so no way. I was in Hamilton with John DeVersa. We are, my first band that I was in was myself, Mike Elizondo, John DeVersa, and a guy by the name of Justin Morrell, a great guitar player, who now is a professor out in Pennsylvania. Yeah. And, um, and I came and replaced Abe in the big band because he graduated. So I came right after Abe. And... Uh, you know, man, it's like a lot of people went there. Warren Campbell. I mean, so many people that are still the homie. Manny. I, now, I see, Manny say. is different. Now, I knew Manny since seventh. I was in seventh grade at John Burroughs Junior High he's, over on He's Wilshire. talking about Manny Mariquin. Yes. Yeah, Man, and yeah. so, Manny and I met in junior high in seventh grade. And then he went to Hamilton as well. Yeah. So, and he and the thing about Manny that people don't know is he's a drummer first. I was going to say, do you know Heavy metal. You are partially responsible for Manny Mariquin oh. being a mixing engineer <laughs> and not being a drummer. Man, you and Abe. <laughs> you and Abe. Hey, he told man. me. He was like, I was a drummer. <laughs> then I heard these guys drum. Man, Manny, let me tell you something. I want to be, I'm happy that I can say that I saw him switch to that world because we had a, a guy by the name of David Sears who went on to work at Naris, but he was a teacher of ours at Hamilton and every year in Hamilton, we did two musicals. The first musical, now this is way back in the 90s, so the technology was not where it was. The first musical, the entire pit was all computer setups. And we would each be tasked with doing another song in the musical. So my year was, it was uh, um, Into the Woods. Yeah. You know, so that period and that, that whole electronic music and engineering, that's when Manny started making this transition. You know, and it, and it's it's just amazing, bro, because it's like, dude, he's the guy. And, you know, we, we all kind of saw it. So um, there's a thing that some of us share, you know, in L.A. that are still in the business, that whole high school thing. And, you know, it's just it's something that you can't, you know, you can't make it up. You know what I mean? It, just, sure. it just happened. We lost, you know, one of our guys not too long over, Nero Brown, who played piano with yeah. Kenny Garrett. He was a Hamilton guy, you know, crazy, man. Yeah, man. You know, it's crazy. I got friends going to see Kenny Garrett tonight. Oh wow! In at the Blue Note, in New York. Yeah, bro. I don't even know what happened after that. Who was? Yeah. I don't even know his plan. But Vern was our guy, man, and you know, good Sorry, personal man. friend. You know, yeah. but it is what it is, man. We're we're you know, it's a great community out here, man. We're yeah. Just trying to push it, push it forward, man. It's a scene. It's like, I mean, the fact that you guys were all in junior high and high school together and everything coming yeah. up is like is amazing. And the fact that like your parents, you you were raised in the Stevie Wonder camp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So. And you started playing drums when you were like, that's you know, kid, a little, kid, yeah, a little baby. Yeah. And my my uh, my first drum teacher, he passed as well, but he was a jazz drummer by the name of Ralph Penley. Mm. He played with with Freddie Hubbard and wow. Santana even for a while and Sinatra. Wow. You know, a lot of people. He was like the L.A. like back in the day it would be that whole pick up a band, you know, where you were vibe. So he was always the L.A. guy that was always the Catalinas with the guys, you know. And uh, you know, he was my first teacher and. From there, I just, you know, I just was in it. I mean, technology came around. So by the time I was 13, I was really into mm -hmm. beats and, you know, I had my little setup. But 
um, you know, drums was the first thing that brought me to everything. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so you were drumming with Dr. Dre, and that's how, and then you somehow ended up Man. producing? Yeah, it's a long, it's a long stretch. Like, it's yeah. not, it wasn't like back to back. Right. I mean, I met Dre. So here's, this is the irony of life. Yeah. So Mike and I had a band. Not the Mike band. Yeah not, yeah, not the band we're talking about. We had another band called Buddha Hat. So that band was on the verge of getting signed, right? And it actually got signed. It was in the middle of getting signed. And I went down and got a call. A friend of mine called me and said, hey, Dre's having auditions. So I said, cool. This is still the end of Death Row before he left. Wow. So I go down to the place. It's not there anymore. It used to be called Leeds in the Valley, right? And he was up there. He had an MP. And he just turned on the click, and I just played to the click. And so it was going to be a black heavy metal band. You know, because I guess... Wait, wait, wait. Dre just turned on the click? Yeah, on the MPC. That was the audition. It was, it was just... play to a click. Yeah, play to, you know, just, you know, whatever. So I just started playing and it was yeah. cool. You know, bass player was there. And so after, my guy was like, yeah, he wants you to be in it. Get out of everything you're in. <laughs> That's so it. So I, I, I'm out. Hey, yeah, guys, yeah. look, I got to go do this thing because this is happening. But it wasn't... That's that thing where you just haven't seen anything yet. So it was a black heavy metal band? The thing with Dre. It would have been, yes. Would have been. As we saw in the movie, you know, he left, right? right so right, it didn't right. never happen. But and that's the other thing. So it never happened. And then the irony of that is the band got signed, nothing really happened. But then remember, Mike went over with Dre and then made all those hit records. Oh yeah. So I didn't come till about almost a decade after that. I came like that's like ninety-four. I didn't start producing with Dre till two thousand eight, but I started playing with him as a result of that. So right. Both SNLs, 96 and 98, I did those. And those were your first shows with Dre when yeah, you were drumming with Dre? Yeah, at SNL. And, wow. then, and, and then there's a 10-year span between that and then producing. He yeah. would call me for sessions, and one day he just called me for a session. And I said, you know what? I'm going you know, to bring my stuff down here. So in the live room, I yeah. set up my stuff. And unbeknownst to me, the, 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 the engineers have put a cables in there so they could hear what I was doing. I didn't know it. I'm thinking I'm on headphones. Right. And, you know, long story short, I saw him gesturing in the control room. He was like, what's that? And I'm like, what's what? Like, oh, dang, you can hear this? And then he was like, I like that. So I went in there and laid it and then never left. Nothing happened with that beat, but that's what got me in the control room and got him saying, oh, you can do this as well. So it just became that. And even then, man, there was a few years, you know, stretch. And then we really started hooking up like in 2008 when I did my first like official, you know, I'm, I'm working with you vibe. Right. And uh, then we did relapse. And then that's what brought us to now. You know, it's, wow. it's been that, you know, that's how it happened. What was the what was the setup? You said you brought your setup with you. Back on, then, to the drums. What was it? And back I have then? pictures of all of these yeah. things over the years. Back then, it was still a physical picture. Like it was a, it was a definitely an MP. Yeah. And I had probably a module. I know I had my MIDI interface. They were so big back then. It was like yeah. a rack space. And then I had my module, um, some sound module, probably rolling or something. Right. And probably some keyboard with sounds. We weren't really using the plugins at the moment yet. Right. Right. You right. know, shortly after we started using like the plugins as our synth sounds and just the MPC to control everything. And now, you know, we use mostly the actual software. You know, the DAWs. So I saw that kind of migration happen too, where first was all MPC 3000s that would just be linked up and we would, you know, make everything there. Then it started going to, you know, computers and now it's just sending files. You know right, what I mean? Right, right, you know, right. So that whole thing was happening at the same time, the technology, you know. So the drums is like your foot in the door. 
Exactly. Right. Yeah. right. And that's what I tell people all the time. It's like, man, you know, whatever you do, if you have something else to offer, let the other thing be your calling card. You know, because yeah. if you go in there and piss everybody off and they don't ever want to work with you again, it doesn't matter how fast you play the drums. For sure. And you might be a great songwriter or a great singer, but guess what? Nobody will ever know because right. you weren't a people person. Got to be. Yeah. So, all right. So you do that. And it, did, you, did you think it was, I mean, it took you uh, 10 years yeah. to get to the other side of the booth with Dre, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And is there, is there a stigma, do you think? Like, with, I guess it depends on the producer, right? But for like, for a drummer, let's say, to be able to be like, no, 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 I... I program or I make Bro, beats or I a million or I'm percent. a, I'm a songwriter even more. I'm a, a song billion percent. I yeah. remember having this conversation with Warren Campbell in the car. Cause we had a little something in high school before he even was driving and we were driving to rehearsal. I was driving and he had already made that decision early. I'm no more road, you know, no more keyboard player. I'm just going to focus on producing. And, you know, later in life I realized like, wow, you know what I'm saying? You really yeah. have to do that. And so I went the hard road, and yeah. it was such a hard road because, first of all, people had no concept of that, right? They, they'll look at a, a DJ being a producer for, faster than a, before a drummer. You right. know, they can understand that way before they understand. It's like, I was always like, huh? So it got to the point where I used to say, well, did Ringo get publishing? And they were like, oh, 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 you know, okay, right? But I had to literally denounce you know, at a point denounced being a drummer it was like, right. Oh no, I'm, I'm just producing that. Like I had to, you know what I mean? Cause it was so many, Oh, you're just the, just a drummer. You're just a drummer, you know? And it's tough. Cause I've never been a huge, you know, I got 80, you know, huge team and all this management and all that. I've always been a pretty direct guy yeah. all through my career. So I didn't really have a lot of people toot my horn. You know, it wasn't that. And it still isn't really that to that matter, to that degree. So it was a hard road, you know? And then, it started getting a little bit more, you know, accepted. And then now it's not such a big deal at all. But when I first started, man, it was, what do you mean? It was that, you know, well, you know, because you go back, all the James Brown guys didn't get publishing, right? For sure. Funky Drummer's the most used loop forever. You know, Clyde didn't get yeah. no, you know, but but Anthony went back and got it for money, money, money. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? So it, it's, it's, it's a weird thing with us. You know, drummers get... A little bit typecast, you know what I'm saying? For sure. <laughs> and now, so and now you're you've been on all these albums as a producer, yeah. Done all these hits, and you're still drumming, and you'll even be drumming with Herbie Hancock. Yeah. Well, you know what? That that right there was probably one of the highlights. Got it. You know be. what I'm saying? Because I was done touring at that point. I was literally done. I had just built a studio and a whole complex out of Valencia, and and and. We were all, it was all just, you know, my kids were young. I was in that mode, the five mile life. Yeah, you know, yeah. Dropped them off at school, go to the studio. And I swear to you, I got this call. I mean, email, it was an email. I'll never forget. I went to the computer and I just saw a random email, like availability, Herbie Hancock. What the hell? No way. Let me look and see. What? I could, I, you know, I told my wife, I said, babe, I can't even, you know, so literally, bro. We moved there, like everything got solidified and we moved like October. And I was out like October 15th or something like that. I wasn't even in the house a month. And I was out. And my first run with him, which was only supposed to be, and by the way, it's because of Greg. Greg remind, referred me. So, because Vinny, you know, Vinny, you know, couldn't make it for whatever reason. Greg referred me. And um, it was two months in the winter in Europe. And that was my first run. And it was supposed to just be that. 
Then it ended up being 10 years. Oh. <laughs> Amazing. I mean, the last stuff I did with him, I just helped fill in because his new drummer, I kind of, you know, I'm not doing it like I was. I had, you know, I, I kind of walked, stepped I was away. Say, I saw you doing it rec- yeah, recently. Yeah, like yeah. May, I just filled yeah. in, you know, to help out. But, um, you know, but, and now the incredible Justin Tyson's murdering that gig. I, I just saw but, them do North Sea Jazz Fest. It was oh, no, amazing. He's, it's it's yeah. a freak of nature how yeah. he's playing that gig. So, yeah. but from like 2010, to roughly 2019, so about nine years. That's pretty much, you know, what I did, you know, touring. And then I had another tour happen from a record, right, with a country artist by the name of Leanne Rhymes. Not so much country anymore, so I was balancing those yeah. two and working with Dre. So that was what I did for that decade. And now it's pretty much just focused on, you know, what I'm doing, you know, with Terrace or myself and then with Dre. That's, yeah. that's, that's all I'm doing now. I'm not... Not a lot of road in the future. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> You've done it. You've done it. I mean, there has to be something that would be above it to excite you at that level to get you out on the road again, I'm sure. And you know what, bro? I think that's a whole other genre yeah. that I'm really excited to get into, yeah. you know, uh, in the near future. But right now, you know, I just enjoy making records, you know, whatever type of records. You know what I mean? I really love uh, I love your relationship with Terrace Martin. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I love my relationship with Terrace as well. Like uh, I, I cherish him as a friend and he's who introduced us. Right. right. Oh he's, yeah. 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 And um, yeah, but man, he, he has so much love for you. Well, it's likewise. Like, yeah. that's fat. Like there's only a few people where like my family, you know, you know what I mean? Just like I know his family. It's just, you know, I've known Terrace since he was a teenager. So right. we've been through, we've done so many gigs together, so many recordings. I mean, just so many stories and just, and it still continues to this day. So, you know, it's just that I look at him more, you know, he's more of a family member. Than, For sure. You know what I mean? It's just, yeah. he's just been there. You know what I mean? It's like, like when, you know, I don't have any brothers. I have two sisters. I don't have any brothers. So it's just like, that's T. Like, yeah. it's not, a, you know what I mean? Like during the pandemic, you know, in the height of the pandemic, when we were all locked down, he came and played happy birthday for my wife on our lawn. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> it's like family, family stuff, man. So that that's my guy. And, you know, he's such a creative and, you know, he's stepping out doing so much, you know, stuff on the executive thing now yeah, and yeah. business stuff. And so I just, you know, I'm there to support him, however, because, you know, that's just that's always going to be there. And we have, you know, we have quite a few things brewing, man. And, it, it, you know, we're going to see a lot more great things. But he's done in jazz, though, in the last several years. Um, it's just it's really great to see because when we first met, that was what I met him at a jam session on Melrose somewhere. And he's wearing, you know, regular hip hop clothes. I was like, man, we got to do some jazz and hip hop. Yeah. That's when we met, you know, and now that's what it is. That's really. what it is. You yeah, know, yeah. even country now I'm li- yeah. I study country radio right now, bro. The elements are there yeah. in huge proportions wow. right now. Wow. A lot of 808s, the melodies that we used to have in 90s R&B groups, the one-note type melody. Oh, bro, it's over there. It is yeah. all up in that right now. So, you know, it's a it's an interesting time for music to see hip-hop just permeate all these different genres, you know, and propel jazz. Yeah. It's just it's just amazing. And so you were, you and Terrace uh, did To Pimp a Butterfly well, with Kendrick. What yeah. were you on with, with To Pimp a Butterfly? I, only, I worked on, I just worked on one song, which is, there's a song at the end with myself and Kamasi and Robert and Terrace and a few other people playing up under that Pac interview. Oh, yeah. And I think something weird with the credits, so you don't see it, but you yeah. hear it. Right, right, you right. You know what I'm saying? So the rest, that's all him. But, you yeah, know, t- um, know, yeah. But yeah, that big band kind of jazz stuff, 
that's what I did on that one. And Terrace brought you into the Snoop camp? Yeah, so in 2007, um, I went and did the Blue Carpet Treatment Tour, and that was just because Terrace introduced me to them and probably, you know, just said, you got to call him. I knew people there. I knew, you know, Steven at the time, yeah. before Thundercat, but he was Steven. Right. I knew, you know, I knew Battle Cat and all the homies, but I never had really rocked with him like that. Right. So 2007, I did that Blue Carpet Treatment Tour, and uh, that was that was that was an interesting moment too. You know what I mean? Because um, the drums are at Hard Rock in Vegas, and I think in India they're blue rags. You know, that's so cool. I literally did them myself. So I I literally called Rockin' Raps, which is Scott Rockenfeld from Queensryche. He <laughs> answered the phone. He answered the phone, and I said, "Bro." He's like, yeah, this is Scott. I said, bro, I'm going to go on tour with Snoop. I want to get a blue bandana pattern. I took a PDF, sent it to him. He printed the things, FedExed it to me, and I spent eight hours putting them on the drums myself, every lug off, with no measuring, trying to make it work, put them all on, had them there for the first rehearsal, and it changed everything. Even after I left, Los, you know, uh, God rest his soul, yeah. he, he had blue bandanas too. It became the norm. You right. know what I'm saying? So... That was fun too, man. When when Lowe started doing Snoop, yeah, after it, because after yeah, yeah. I left, I brought him over to my stick company I was with at the time called uh, Silver Fox. At yeah. the time, I remember Silver yeah, Fox. Yeah, I had a, a custom stick there, and I, I brought him over there, and we did a whole thing in Nam, and that was cool. And then they all his drum kits, he would always have blue bandanas. It just became the norm. Yeah, because my philosophy is this, bro. It's nothing. It's super normal, like in rock, and it's a normal thing. We want, you know, we're matching stuff. We're trying to yeah. match sets and. Theme, so we know Snoop's gonna have on a blue bandana jumpsuit. Why don't we match that on the drums? For sure, you know. So it's just that thing of just trying to 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 give something a hundred percent. Yeah, you know, and that's what I try to do in production. Anything I do, I want to just give it a hundred percent, bro. You know For what sure. I mean? Like, why not? You know what I'm saying? For sure. <laughs> So with you and Terrace, man, I need to come. I know I've gotten the invite, but I need to come shooting with you guys. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I'm, you know, that's my hobby other yeah. than drums on cats. Golf. Yeah. I'm super 2A. Yeah. You know, I'm a trainer. I'm a, I'm a, a chief range safety officer. What does super 2A mean? Second Amendment. Oh. <laughs> I'm basically, you know, I, I'm not your typical what you would think. You know what I'm saying? If, if I was like in Texas or Tennessee, right. it'd be normal, but I'm that in L.A. Right. So that's my hobby. You know, um, I have, you know, the license to where I can buy, you know, um, curios and relics, which are 50 years and older wow. firearms, you know, uh, from anywhere, really. I have that um, FFL. And uh, I, it's just my hobby. And believe it or not, man, and I, I do competitions as well, but what I tell people all the time, especially new shooters, one of the most relaxing things, and I don't know why. Yeah. But it is so relaxing. Um, I just don't, I think it's that constant adrenaline yeah. that we're releasing, you know, every time we're firing, or it could be the smelling of the gunpowder. I don't know. Yeah. But it is super relaxing. So, you know, um, that's that's just one of my things I do away from music. That's you know how you calm mean? down. It's like it puts you yeah. in a meditative state. Yeah, yeah. Well, you have to hyper focus. You're present. Yep. You have got to be present. Yep. Yeah. And you're trying to, you know, it's a level. You're trying to, you know, because so much, so the mechanics are, much more than what people think until you get into it. Yeah. A lot of mechanics in that. Yeah. You know what I mean? So to really be an accurate shooter, there's a lot that goes into that, man. So, you know, it's fun, you know, and collecting and the whole nine. It's just, it's a fun thing, you know? So, um, you know, it sounds weird from California because I'm from here, but 
for some reason, I guess it's my grandfather's DNA or something, you know? <laughs> I, I, I've gone shooting a couple of times. I've done yeah. the uh, skeet. Is, yeah. 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 And, and I, I'm pretty, for not being a, yeah. a, a, that's a shooter, hard too. I did pretty good. Yeah. yeah I was hard. hitting it. I was making that shit turn yeah. into powder. Yeah. I was, expl- uh, I was hitting right in the center. Yeah. <laughs> my first time shooting, I was like, wow, this is, because I was really scared. Yeah, but I mean, you know, yeah, but you, know. you probably just got a natural eye. I mean, listen, yeah. bro, they, and they say women are much better shooters than us, but but you know, but that you know that means you got a natural eye. I don't know bro. if there's some sort of drumming hand-eye coordination right. that comes from that. <laughs> I don't know. And that was the only thing. But another thing is that was the only thing that stayed open during the the uh, shutdown. Go figure. Because of the because <laughs> of the significance of the Constitution, yeah, they had to keep gun store. I mean, gun ranges open. They did a yeah. lot of tricky with the stores yeah but so it allowed me during that time to really even get crazier into it and you know do other things i remember so, yeah you guys were going a lot i yeah. remember seeing on instagram too just like <laughs> damn trust me like, come on in the morning i'm like it's i was like it's too far to drive to man <laughs> yeah but it's, it's fun man shout out to all the homies man redstone all my family and uh you know it's a community of I mean, we got a nice community man love that it's really man. cool yeah all right so i want to talk about the clap stack Hey, let's go, man. All right, so you invented my favorite symbol, mm. and the symbol has re- revolutionized drumming. I mean, it brought. I mean, it's so funny because you think about your roots and you uh, and you with an MPC and, and mm-hmm. 808 and everything, and now you've actually made. You went from analog back into Pro Tools, and now you brought it back into analog on the drums. Right. right. right? So, if you don't know what the clap stack is, Trevor created a symbol that is uh, a, f- a three symbol stacked. Yeah, that's the original. Yes. Okay, so I'm not. I don't know how you. I don't know how you made it, but essentially, there's three or four symbols stacked melted in this funky shape but it sounds just like an 808 hand clap like right and depending on the tension of how high yeah or low you 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 make the tension yeah uh you can have a little more sustain or have it be super tight so i got i got my hands on one thank you very much yep. and uh man it's i don't want to leave home without it if i'm on a gig if i'm on anything which i'm not obviously gigging that much these days but still when even just playing for fun or doing my own solo mm-hmm. shit mm-hmm. if it's if they're like you can bring two symbols it's hi-hat right. Right. and a clap <laughs> right i'm bringing the hi-hat and the clap stack. it was my man. only two symbols it's I like appreciate it's that, i swear man it's like kick snare hat clap stack no nah, i right? appreciate that bro and I, yeah it's awesome. and obviously though there's been a, a i mean a wave of enthusiasm and excitement mm-hmm. has come over that i remember when you first dropped it mm-hmm. and it came out and you couldn't get your hands on it. And I would just see like a few of my favorite drummers right. had it. And I was yeah. just like, oh. And it was like, how? How does it sound that accurate? Right. Because it sounds exactly like it. Yeah, yeah. It sounds oh, yeah. exactly like yeah, it. Yeah. But to be able to to have that on a kit. Right. And be and to have the, the feeling of a real symbol compared to hitting a, a pad that right. you know is in your headphones or whatever else. But to have the real yeah. sound coming off it is so exciting. Or if you're just playing an acoustic kit, just playing. And then so now it's everywhere. So how, what is the process of creating a new symbol like that? Right. So I'm glad you asked. So that the clap stack can't happen without my guy, Scott liking the Istanbul Lagat. So shout out to Scott. Um, you know, cause it, it's an idea is great. Like I've had, I had the idea way before it came out, but it has to be realized. Yeah. So, you know, to be able to communicate the way you have to communicate with actual, you know, met artisan people, you know, in another country, you know, you have to have somebody that knows what they're doing. So that's Scott's genius, right, with all the symbols. So, you know, when I first decided to go over there, um, I went over there and I said, hey, man, I got this idea, you know, and, and I had an idea. Uh, I was bringing stuff down to the showroom, you know, where it used to be, and I was like, but I don't want it to sound trash. I want it to sound like a clap. I don't want it to sound trash. I had a little different name. Like, he helped 
flush out that name, but it was still Clapples in the name. And it's yeah. like, because it came out of necessity where back in the day, you know, we used to have all these triggers and all these things. And, and I, I tell this story where I was out with Jennifer Lopez like 2005. We rehearsed a huge refrigerator rack and I got the D drums and all these triggers and my text changing it for the song. Everything's cool at center staging, yeah. right? No problem at rehearsal. But we're not really thinking when we do a show, there's going to be front of house going. Yeah. So the first show we get to, you know, the low end, all of a sudden on some ballad, you're hearing... The sensors were right, you know triggered. what I'm saying? So I was like, okay, what is <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So we didn't we didn't account for that. So I'm like, okay, what's the thing that we really use a lot, even back then, right? And it was always claps. It was yeah. always claps, man. So I said, you know what? We've got the trash thing, right? You know, we all saw that with Weckle back in the day. I mean, that was the first time I saw it. It was Weckle. And that's a very distinct trash can vibe. We yeah. saw trash. But I was like, Scott, I want this to be a clap. So we had the, the R&D took, however long it took, maybe six months, a year of back and forth. Because it's a process. You got to sure. get the, the idea, and then they got to make it. Then they got to send it back. Then you got to say, oh, it's off a little bit, you know. So finally it got dialed in, and then we went to market with it. And I remember just being at Nam, you know, the one year. And then that second year, it just went crazy. And then Chris, shout out to my homie Chris Day. Chris really was one of the guys that was like, yo, I am going to put this on Front Street for everybody to see it in my world. It follows me. And, like, you know, he really used it with Robert. And that was huge for us. He's you know what I'm saying? Still to this day. Oh, for sure. It's like his yeah. primary, I want to say it's his primary drum. Yeah. No. Even I, if there's, like, one thing on the kit. Yeah. It's like that and like his bongos, you know, like me and Chris, like, bro, let me tell you something. We've been on the phone hours and he really helped. He really yeah. helped that man. So, you know, um, and he, he gets the prototype ones huh? Well, I mean, you know, he has an early one. I have yeah. the, I have the one, the one I use mostly is the one that's wow. not even the holes ain't even perfect. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. But, uh, but you know, he's, you know, he definitely was there early and, um, you know, there's a lot of stuff like that. Like, I had the prototypes of all the dry darks. You know, I had the prototypes of the dry dark brilliance. You know, the way we run at, at Istanbul, got, it's not traditional. So it's not just, it's a little bit, it's a mo lot more personal. Yeah. You know, Scott's a very, he knows what it is. He's not a guy that's removed and doesn't know. So it's, it's a little different. You know right. what I'm saying? So he knows who's, you know, out there doing what. You feel me? So did you, th did you, when you were like, okay, I want to make a, a st were you like it needs? It's going to be a stack. Right, that'll sound it, like a clap because that's the only way. You can that's get the only it to, way we could choke, do it. Yeah, right? yeah. Were you like okay? Did you try it? Three symbols, five symbols, six symbols. Well, Is it like different sizes? Like and then like yeah. the order in which they're stacked, and then how do they all of a sudden end up bent? Right. So like, the bending happens naturally, but what happened was years ago there are some discs and that I got my hands on, and so I had these discs, these metal discs, and these symbols. And I was trying it even maybe close to 10 years ago. There's a Alicia Keys record called I Need You, which is like 2008. And you can hear in the bridge, I was doing like this re-wheel rock you thing. And I was trying to get that sound in. It still sounded, I mean, with, with Studio Magic, they made it sound like claps. But we probably put some on top of it. But I was really trying to get that, realize that sound. So finally, when we start doing the, you know, when Scott said, hey, try this, try this. I'm going to send you this, try this. And finally, bro, it just locked up. We a lot, you know, he's a symbol genius, bro. Yeah. So 
you know, I knew what I wanted and what I wanted to hear, but he's also, you know, a, a part of the, you know, main part of that process. I mean, so it's like, I'm an idea guy all day, but he knows how to realize it. Like I could tell you right now, I want to, I want a car that does X, Y, and Z. I don't know how to touch a car. I don't know how right. to fix cars. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Got to go over to, to Burbank yeah. to pit my ride, you know, to uh, West Coast Customs. You know what I mean? For sure. For so, sure. you know, so that was beautiful, man. I looked, I like to look at the clap stack. It's just like a single, I look, like a single that's cracking all the time. Yeah. <laughs> that's what really? I look at. It. It's like For you got real. a little single that's just cracking. It's not cracking. going away, right. dude. It's not going away. Still, I, I still have people come over. Cause I, I have, I have one of yours downstairs right. in my basement, which we'll go to when this is done. But, oh. um, but I, yeah, I still like people will walk <laughs> in, you know, and it, cause it, dude, you recognize this, the look of it. Sure. Right. Sure. Yeah. People walk in like, Oh, you got a clap stack. Right. 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 Not everyone has it yet still. Right. right? But true. they still want it or maybe right. they're like, oh, for whatever, whatever the situation is, but yeah. it's definitely a very exciting symbol. And then, and then once you do play it, like for me, it's like, man, I just want to hit it all the time. Right. It's just <laughs> yeah, it's different, man, because yeah. it's new. It's it's makes a me, new it makes me play differently. Sure, and it's a yeah. genre. See, that's the other thing. We're used to seeing eight million different variations of hats, crashes, rides, chinas, but this is its own thing. Yeah. So you know, I'm having to grasp the fact that yeah, this is a new genre. So there are going to be people that do their version of it, and you know, I you know everybody knows how I stand on that. I can't. Nothing I could do with this junction. Well, yeah. Well, you know what I'm yeah. I want to talk about that because we've had a few deep combos about it before yeah. in the past. So, so Zildjian comes along and yeah, copies it. Yeah. Um, which to me, so I have no. I mean, I have emotional attachment because I'm your friend, mm-hmm. but I have no emotion. I don't. You know, it's on my symbol or whatever. Sure. So I'm just like. I would kind of expect it. It's like the same thing when as soon as like evolutions came out and there was holes. Come on. Everybody had holes. Everyone's going to put holes yeah, in, right? Exactly. Like the second when you make something that resonates on that level, people mm. copy. Right. Right. So not saying that's right. Right. But I think what's so cool about uh, when that happened is people really cared and like oh, took your side. Man. <laughs> people really took your side and wow. cared, which I had never really seen before. And I don't know if that's just because... A, you're an actual drummer making this right, symbol. Right, you're not right. just some like comp, a, comp, a, a nameless face or a faceless company, right? Right. right. Um, or if it's just loyalty to you or, or what, whatever it was, or just the culture. But it was like people care. People got really upset. Yeah. At them, at them copying it. And I mean, like when you first saw that Zildjian copied it, like, yeah. What? How did you? How did you feel? Well, first of all, you know, I got a lot of friends, so yeah. I had you know even people that was endorsed saying, "Hey, man, they're trying to get me to play this, but I'm not gonna do it." Right. Right. So that was happening far before you started seeing it. Then we had some people that you know were DMing me and texting me about trying to get one of mine, and then I see them playing that. Like, wait a second, bro, you just asked me for mine. But I think you know it was weird, and when that happened, what you said with the whole revolt, because that trended on Instagram, yeah. it was a thing. I think what they were mad at mostly wasn't like, okay, somebody's going to copy this. I think people have, you know, knew that was going to happen. I think they were mad because they went out of their way to try to say they created it. That's so fucking that, that was weird, bro. And I got to be honest. That was weird. And the video. Yeah, that was. Yeah. <laughs> hey, listen, man. It's like, is there no PR team? I was like. To well, help I you said, give advice, give you what? some advice? What the hell is this? <laughs> we created through our R&D. I said, wait a second, bro. I started posting all this stuff. About you know design you know invention yeah. stolen yeah, yeah. from African American you know it was yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like bro are you serious and but you know what that did yeah. is that made me say you know what 
rather than go out crazy, let's do something. And I got on a Zoom with Don Lombardi and my boy um, uh, Scott, who's no longer at DW, Scott Donnell. And we came up. Don Lombardi runs DW. Yeah, and he started it, owned it. And I said, hey, guys, listen, this is a crazy time we're in. Everybody's doing, you know, because after all that, then, you know, Zildjian did the old black, you know, square on Instagram, you know. You know, I heard begrudgingly, I heard that Powers of Beat didn't even want that to happen. But, but nevertheless, it became kind of a thing. It was a little, to me, it was like, really? So I was like, let's do something that's not going to stop when this all dies down. And yeah. we created this thing called Project Timeline. And so we created a snare drum. We designed a snare drum. We had a whole bunch of Zooms with other drummers, percussionists, and, and myself. And we came up with a design. And then we made the snare drum and we sold it through the DW foundation and we raised tens of thousands of dollars that turned around and go into programs and schools. And it's a a program that's going to continue. Right. So that's what that kind of sparked. So there was some positivity to come out of that, you know? So that was cool, you know, but now obviously I think everybody just smells blood in the water. So everybody's doing it, you know? And the weird thing is, man, that we don't really have a protection in this country for what me and you and I do. Yeah. They, the, the U S patent office looks at damn near all symbols is the same. That's right. how you keep seeing all this thievery and trickery unchecked. You know, everybody always is on my Instagram. Like they have, like I'm such a dummy and they're like, you should get a lawsuit. Like, Oh really? You know, it's like, dude, the, the, the U S patent office is, it's not what people think for us. And I don't know what we can do to change that. I'd like to change that. Right. You know, we just had a significant victory in copyright law with our streaming royalty, yeah, right? Thank God. So that's years in the making. So it's like we need to start trying to, you know, get a little bit more respect on that world because I feel like a lot of people's different things are getting lumped in together and these companies come in and they sign an endorser and they have a great idea and they just take it and there's nothing they can do. Yep. Right? You know, so that's another thing that, you know, it kind of it kind of that came out of that. But you know, like I said, man, I'm. It's it's still amazing. You know that people rock it. You know what I'm saying, and all over the world too. That trips me out, bro. It's like all over the world, man. China, Australia, all over, and man, you know, it's uh, it's a thing. That's you know gotta what I mean? feel good. <laughs> it's, 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 I just I'm happy I left something for what started me. I was gonna you know say that's saying? not gonna go away. Dude. Right, right. So it's like that's I'm a forever gonna, symbol, man. Yeah, give back to the craft yeah. that, you know, created every opportunity for me. I mean, that that's that's a wonderful feeling, man. Yeah. So, and to do it with know. with the company that has the name of the origin of the symbol. Come on, man. And you know, Elvin used to play. Yeah. It. That, you know, yeah, that was yeah, my yeah. thing. Elvin used to play, it. you know. Yeah. For all those that don't know, Agat was the foreman at the Zildjian factory. So the old K's that you know, that's the reason why they sound like that. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? So it's like there's a history there too. You know what I'm saying? And, and you know, the symbols in general are just great, man. So, you know, I, I think we lucked out, man, and, and everything worked out, bro. So, you know. And by the way, the first song that was ever recorded with them was Galway Girl, Ed Sheeran, by the way. No way. Yeah, first song I ever used it on with Mike Elizondo. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's another thing. I see you on the Ed Sheeran. Bro, your credits, <laughs> dude. I can't keep track of this shit, and you're so humble. <laughs> I just like to be in, I don't like the box. Yeah. So I, I want to do all genres. And right now I've touched pretty much all of them, but I'm still working on some other thing. I don't like the box. Yeah, because the fact that you have Ed Sheeran and Leanne Rhymes as yeah. well as obviously all the Dre, everything yeah, that touches yeah. Dre, and then Herbie. Right. Right. For us, we need, for the yeah. generation behind, 
I want people to understand that because when I was coming up, I saw Harvey. Yeah. And Harvey was a dude that did jazz, but then was a great, incredible classical reader and played all the classical stuff and the, the symphonies and all yeah. that. That Harvey, was inspiring. Harvey Mason. Harvey Mason, Harvey Mason Sr. So that was, yeah. That's inspiring. And by yeah. the way, before I had good drums, Harvey used to let me use his Gretsch for sessions. This is things that don't happen enough now. He's such a sweetheart. Yeah, one of the yeah. and that that kind of imprint that something that that the imprint that that leaves on someone. Oh yeah. It just makes you just do things so much yeah. so different. So yeah, man. Speaking it's like, of the imprint that that uh that leaves on someone. You played with Dizzy Gillespie when you were a teenager? Oh, bro, you know what? Man, listen. Life is a trip. <laughs> 15. There's no box, by the way, bro. Yeah. This box that you're speaking of. <laughs> 15. Um, <laughs> we went to Hamilton. We had our jazz group, and we went up to Monterey Jazz Festival. We won something, and then we got to go play at Monterey, the big band and the combo. And then the combo, which was myself, Elizondo, Justin, and John Diverse, our actual group. What a combo. Yeah, we, we got to play with Dizzy, and then he also played with the big band. You know what I mean? And... Uh, you know, I got a picture that I always will cherish of us backstage, man. And, uh, you know, it was just like one of those things, man, where you just, you can't, you know, you can't, or you, you can't determine what's going to happen, man, in life. You know what I mean? It's like, you have to just live. And I, I knew one thing I did know was I always wanted to work with the people. Yeah. So I've never been in a cover band. I've never, like, I've only worked with my heroes and the actual people. At yeah. a level, not just one gig or fudging the resume because you were in a house band, worked with the people. And I try to do a 360. So I try to play drums, tour, and write. Yeah. That's my goal. And it's been, you know, it's been fairly successful, man. So, you know, man, we just, it's, it's, it's a blessing. We do what we, we do a thing that we love to, yeah. to survive. I mean, that's, that's like an incredible thing to, we take for granted, but bro, that's like lucky. We're lucky, man. We're super lucky. Yeah. How, how do you stay, uh, I guess, present and appreciative of that? You know what, man? Um, I, I have this thing, you know, um, where I've learned how to subdue my passions, man. And it's yeah. like, I don't, you know, I, I'm married. I'm like, I'm focused. I have my kids. And I just believe that just do what you do. Yeah. You don't have to go, you know, over the top. And, you know, I'm, I'm you know, there is a, a, a component that we should have as far as PR and all that. But I just, I'm always, if there's something I would go back and do over, it would probably be have a publicist at some point. Yeah. You know, because I just never really did all that. I didn't never go crazy. Much. I know. Never too I know. <laughs> I think that's what Terrace wants me to do with you too. He's like, yo. I know <laughs> he's the main person on my head about he that, is, you know. So well, he's done a great job too. No, he did. I saw that whole thing it, happen. He you, killed it, yeah, man. He yeah. killed that whole dude. I mean, yeah. I'm looking at him like, bro, he's doing all the things, yeah. and it's like, you know, it's not that I'm embarrassed or anything. I just always, I guess, I've always had this thing of I don't want people to look like I'm, you know, trying to brag or whatever because people will say that. When I was young, you know, having family in the business. At those ages, it was always a thing. And so I yeah. think that stuck with me too much. Right. You know what I'm saying? I think it's how you handle it, man. There's a big thing that, that the whole Jam Car team, we're, we're all about everything from our social media posts to anything that comes out with our publicist. Yeah. We just speak facts. Right. Right. We don't ever exaggerate. Yeah. I hate exaggerating. <laughs> I actually used a word right now earlier 
with you that I hate using, which is revolutionized. When I said, when I said the clapstack revolutionized, that's like my own, that's my own like, uh-uh word. Like whenever it's like no jam card revolution. No, no, don't say that. Like, so we always, yeah. you know, we always, always with the team, everyone understands like whenever we talk about anything that we've done, we talk, we just talk factually, just matter of fact. And we always make it about the community. It's always about the community and everything. So I think with you, it doesn't have to be gloating. It's just about letting the word out that like, yo, you were involved in this huge record. You right. are, you produced this huge record. Right, you right. run on this huge record. That's not like, that's not like, you know, you showing off. Right. I feel that. It's just like, yeah. you know, uh, Barbara Walter said, if you're going to do something, scream it from the rooftops. Right. right? <laughs> it's, it's like, well, if exactly. not, that's what you do. Yeah, I'm saying so you deserve it. I know it's I know it's not like your personality to go and do that, but like yeah. I don't know. We're, we we'll just start doing it for you. I figure out. Thank you. I figure yeah. out. I'm figuring out ways to you know to like let stuff be known. Like yeah. I'm, you know I'm doing stuff on my on my page, my IG, and you know different things. And yep. like I said, um, you know we're we're rearranging some things for sure. You for know sure. what I'm saying because you know it's 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 uh, important to have that uh you know that history oh yeah know, people to be familiar with what you For sure. do so you know well if i can help in any way i'm happy to help man come on man you the that guy bro that's why we here man listen <laughs> come on man this is a great speaking platform. of you speaking of you being the guy i want to play a song right now because we've been talking for an hour but I wanna, okay i want to play so i want to play an early hit of yours an early uh -oh. number one uh oh i want to play crack a bottle mm. let's do a come throwback on. come on that's beautiful man trevor lawrence jr <laughs> Dre 50 Cent, Eminem, Crack a Bottle. Yes, sir. 2008? Uh, nine, I believe nine? it came out, yeah. Number one, let's get it. Come on. What? So tell us about so <laughs> the difference of working with Dre today versus when you guys were making that track <laughs> back then. Well, you know, the technology was different, so we didn't have all the, the, the quantizing of audio features that we have now. Right. So, you know, once I played it down, I mean, we just sat there with the engineer and just nudged and got it right, you know, the whole song down till it felt right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then, you know, we played all the other stuff on top or whatever, but you know, it was just old fashioned, you know, producing, man. That's the that's really the producing. You know, that that's the work yeah. that you put in now. It's so easy with clicks and, you know, you can you can take those drums now and capture the feel and turn that feel into a quantize and quantize that on other drums. <laughs> It's like, dude, are you serious? I mean, it's so crazy, but yeah. that's that's possible now. So, yeah. you know, it's different now, right? But back then it was still coming out of tape and getting into Pro Tools, mm -hmm. you know, and we were just doing it the old-fashioned way, man, just till it sounds right. So this far in, you guys have had such a long friendship and partnership. Like, what is your relationship now with Dre like? It's still the same, man. Like, you know, we were just on the phone the other day at 7-something in the morning. I was dropping my daughter off. I mean, you know. It's a, you know, for our inner crew, man, it's different. You know, we've yeah. all been through so much together. And, you know, I was with him when he turned 50, just me, him, and I think his brother. It's like, yeah. you know what I mean? It's like, it's just so many moments. You know what I'm saying? One of my anniversaries with my wife, our, her birthday's two days before our anniversary. So one of her birthdays, she got a private screening of Straight Outta Compton. You know what I'm saying? Before it came out. Like, you know what I mean? It's just like, it's just a thing, man. He's just like, Everybody calls him Big Bro, and it's just it's it's just like that, right? Yeah. You know, and so you have to understand too. He's also a human being. Yeah. So for people like me, I've seen all his kids be born and raised and grown up. You know what I'm saying? So we're he's still you know a, a person, even though he's a superhuman, right? Yeah. But yeah. 
it's like we're, we're, we're friends, you know what I'm saying? So it's like we work together, but that's still that's still my guy. You know, it's bro. It's family, you know yeah. I mean? Yeah, you know what I mean? So, and uh, man, you had the honor of doing the Super Bowl halftime show this year. Wowzers. Wow. <laughs> Dude, I, scr- I was screaming at the TV, bro. I was screaming. Man, that was a blessing, bro. That was super fun. Shout out to Adam. He did his thing. Adam Blackstone. He was nominated for all these Emmys, man. I know he's going to win, man. He killed that. For sure. That was he's, killed. He's the guy. Bro. Yeah. He, he's, he's revolutionized that thing. Music direction is his world, yep. right? So he's in, and he's put all the time in his organization. He's killed it. So it was just, you know, I don't, you know, work with him at all, but that was a great time for us to work for the first time together. We worked wow. briefly together with Alicia Keys, but not really. And was that so, Dre or Snoop or just it was like, Dre. Yeah, 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 just Trevor's yeah. on this. Yeah, I yeah. mean, it's like, you know, that's, you know, because Adam has the smarts of, like he says, having every artist represented. So, you know, yeah. that makes sense. For you know sure. It makes perfect sense. And that's the kind of diplomacy and the kind of way you want to be when you're in that position. It's not me, me, what I think, what I think. is He's always making the artist comfortable and making their thing what it needs to be, and I think that's why he's so successful. It's never just, this is what I want to do, and we're going to do it this. I saw him constantly catering to the artist, and on that level, I mean, that's that's very admirable. So, you know, it, it worked out, man, and, and we got the call, and um, I ordered the drum set, and they made it, and, you know, I went to pick it up, and the day I picked it up, Adam said, hey, Trev, by the way, they've just changed the color. Everything has to be white. No. <laughs> well, what, what was it? What did you have it it's, as? Uh, it's like it's um, it's um, black glass. You know, they have glass, yep. black glass, and then it had copper hardware, which I think they've run out of now. So it's all copper, bronze copper hardware, and it's black glass. And then they were like, he was like, yeah, it's got to be white. So. You know, <laughs> I, I said, hey, man, okay, I have a white kid. He was like, nah, they want to they wanna get it, you know, and whatever. I said, okay, well, as long as you make sure it's DW, cool. And we did, and then it, it worked out. And, of course, the clap stack was front and center. Of course. You know, yeah. got to have it on that stage. You were front and center, too. Yeah, that was a great shot, bro. Yeah. I was right by the it's steps. It's just you and Snoop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, let's go. Let's Come go. on. So, you know, that was. Because it was such an action-packed. 10 or whatever however long right. it was, 10 minutes or whatever, just like constantly changing, changing, yeah. changing, changing. It was just like, wow. And I never saw it till I got home, ever. Because you know, oh. I'm, I'm in that little area, so right. I have no idea what's going on. And then you're like, ooh. I was like, <laughs> this thing was crazy. And you got the hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> there's a reason it's behind perfect, that. perfect, bro. Yeah, that what's was. the reason? Oh, uh, it's okay. Well, oh, okay. My, my buddy says, I saw your decapitator move. <laughs> like, we killed it. I was like, yeah, that's exactly what it is. Exactly. But um, yeah, man. Um, What's the process like for that? Like, what was the rehearsals? I mean, I know, I know, Adam was working on that forever. Man, listen, bro. Because I was that, talking with him in like October, and he was like, "I'm in Super Bowl rehearsal." Yeah, that team, bro. Yeah. They're like, you know, because he has to, you know, you have to get all the songs. They got to pick yeah, them, yeah, then yeah. he has to start making an arrangement. Then yep. you got the time constraint. It's just amazing. So I, I can't remember. It's somewhere on my phone or my Dropbox. But by the time it was the show, I think we were in the twenties of of updates you know to the show like because you know always for sure a second here a hit here here all the way up to the end yeah you know so i know we rehearsed in december you know december we started rehearsing before christmas and um you know i mean i'm sure most people know all super bowls are pre-records because of the yeah you know the undertaking right so i feel like we got it what what ended up being planned i feel like we got it early 
You know what I'm saying? So really? I think the one that ended up happening, luckily, we just got early, you know. But it was a big undertaking. And, uh, you know, man, it was just a great experience. You know what I'm saying? Even being at the rehearsal and seeing the Rams advance. Oh. <laughs> Dude. You know, and it's like everybody got stuff on the phone. And then they came on a loudspeaker like, nobody posts anything. We can't, you know. But there's all these moments, like that moment when we advanced, it was like, wow, it's gonna be, we're gonna be in it too. It was crazy, man. For sure, crazy. Man, yeah. So, uh, did Dre hit you up and be like, "Yo, I want you to do the Super Bowl with me"? Or, or you know what? It was, it wasn't like that. No, it was like because I had heard of you know the possibility of it, you know, for some time. So when I finally saw that it was gonna happen, you know, we were just talking like we always do, and I was like, you know, your boy could play cowbell. You know, I, I'm a great <laughs> cowbell player. You know. And he was, you want you want to do it? Yeah, cool. And then you know, thing you know, when the boss things happen. So yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but it was like, yeah, man. I mean, geez, I can't really. There's nothing else. I mean, I've you know, I, I've done some other. There's uh, other things on the bucket list, but that's definitely in the top. You know, that's the top. It's not it. just. It's, <laughs> it's like Super Bowl halftime show. Yeah. In L.A. Right. With the Rams, with your whole crew, right. your family. Yeah, bro. Can't only thing I felt like that I tell people the only thing that I've had that feeling is like in the Kobe Shaq days, yeah, or the Magic days. Like L.A. was another was that old L.A. thing that yeah. we used to have a lot because of sports, right? Right. And or even like when N.W.A. popped, like it was L.A.'s had periods of being the place, and at that moment it really felt like that. You yeah, know what I mean, for sure. Yeah, that was an iconic historic. Man, and it just it, it just it just felt like it was just one of those days where it was like even I'm just from the outside looking in it was like everything went right. Yeah, it was Which perfect. Doesn't, doesn't and happen. and those people, man, that do the set change, the respect. Yo, them. how is that possible from the from an intense game with right. all the play and the importance of how you'd have to keep the care of the field? Unbelievable. To bringing on because they put on the they cover the full. The full yep. grass is covered in whatever, and then they got to bring the sets out and, and the, the houses and the PA. The PA and it's, these are regular people. These weren't all like skilled tour backline people, or yeah. you know, th this is like people that volunteer for the job. Come on, so like grandmothers and like regular Come people, on. bro. Well, grandmothers pushing yeah. out the houses, dude. For the it stage was, and it shit. was. I said, you got to be kidding me. Some people do it every year. Some people drive the cars backstage every year. Like it's a thing, right? And it's dude. The feeling of that, like at those rehearsals, and you're just seeing it, it's really, dude. That is prop. That's one of the marvels of of um, organization, yeah, and things that have to work together. I mean, it's unbelievable to see. Because you think thing about, work. you know, you get stressed out when we do like festival tours. You do right. festival one offs, and it's like, oh, it's a throw and go, <laughs> right. right? Oh shit, we only have like a 25 minute yes. turnaround <laughs> with the line check, right. and it's like. You're not moving the stage and Bro. putting shit up, building the entire stage first on top of the grass that right. you have to keep impeccably clean so there's not like a divot that trips a player in the third Man. in the third quarter. And, you know, you're just putting in like 30 lines Man, it's, <laughs> or something, and that's stressful. Right. Right, you're like, oh, if one thing goes wrong, and that, oh, your ears aren't plugged in. 
Dude. One person's ears, RF. Everything, anything every that can happen. Thing has to be perfect or it's going to be weird. Yo, what did your adrenaline feel like? What did that feel like I'm when you guys to, got live? Because you were in the beginning, you were yeah. in like, it was like the first or the second song was you. Yeah, the first the and second. First like and second. Dre yeah. and Snoop. Yeah. And then at the end, Dre too. Yes. So, um, and then Anderson played with M. Right. And then a uh, shout out to my guy, Devin. He played with, uh, he's Adam's guy. He played with uh, Kendrick and um, uh, Mary. Yeah. So, you know, um, it was really like, I don't know, man. It, it was kind of like um, you have to just get control of yourself. Because even at the rehearsals, because you rehearse there, you know, and there's no people or whatever. And so, you know, it's still huge and all that, but it's different. Now, when you got all the people, bro, what I, what I figured out was let me just put my ears in early and then that'll just block it out. <laughs> you know, a lot of the craziness, right? Because it's right. so loud and so crazy. Wow. And when you're making that... You know, when you're walking out there to do it, you're like, bro, this is it. It's about to be live. Wow. We're about to be live. Now, you've rehearsed so many times that it's yeah. second nature. But but still, you're on the field during the yeah, Super Bowl. That's the, it's just a In L.A. at a, SoFi. It's at a the, different yeah. vibe, bro. Yeah. It's a different vibe. And you're just like, and it's so quick over. Yeah. And you're like, okay, well, it's done. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, mind you, after that, I had to go to, I went to a premiere event with Terrace and Rob for Bel Air. Oh, yeah. So, I, was, I didn't. I, I was at the house. Oh, yeah, exactly. I was with, uh, with, what's his name? Yeah, with yeah, yeah. Uh, the funny guy, you know, the impression guy. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, God. Uh, what's his name? Why, yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That's all the impressions. Yeah, so um, so I didn't still didn't go home, yeah. right? So I literally didn't see it until I went home. Yeah. And I went home and I said, wow, this is yeah. crazy. I was surprised when I saw you at the party that night. Right, because the Super Bowl right. ended. <laughs> right. Because so Rob, so Glass, yeah, Robert Glass for Terrace Martin were having people over. They rented a suite at uh, Sunset Marquee. Yep. To watch the game. I already had game plans. So I, so I texted them like, yo, I'll come right after the game. Like, right, right. So I came right after the game and I figured that's when they'd watch the bill because they had scored Bel Air. Right. So we're, okay, we're going to watch Bel Air. So I yeah. got there in time to watch that, even though it was just on in the background. Everyone's right. partying. Right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and then all this. So I'm there for like 10, 15 minutes and, and you walk up. I'm like, Nice job today nice. at the Super Bowl. What are you doing here? How did you get even yeah. just the traffic from SoFi to Hollywood? How'd you get here that quick? Right. And like, that was the was other thing that was a to trip you, too. Yeah. The other thing that was a trip was we had our own AM frequency with traffic stuff to get out. Wow. So that was interesting oh, that's too. Some insider there's so many, shit. Tell me so about many, that. You know, I guess because they have so many buses. And, right. You know, and there's private. certain streets that are probably closed yeah, just to get so talent because you got to get Kendrick Lamar out. Yeah, it just safely, helps to navigate right? all that. You know, so that right. was cool. I mean, you know, because going in, I had to bogart a little bit because it was just so crazy, bro. For Even sure. with the right, whatever. It's just so Wait, crazy. Wait, so can we talk about that dressing room for a second? Oh. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, cause, so what's so cool about. You know, I've I've been lucky enough to play some stadiums. Right. And you get you get the locker room as your yeah. dressing room. It's so tight, you yeah, know, they yeah, give yeah. you sometimes jerseys or whatever. Yeah. But okay, what was the setup? Because you had like five superstars or six or eight or whatever it is, right? Man, everybody adding, was pretty You're much adding just Anderson it. as a drummer. Every, <laughs> you no, know, nah, like, everybody yeah. was kicking it. In one room? Pretty, I mean, there was some break off, but rooms, everyone came together. But everybody was pretty much in there hanging, man. And Must just have felt like vibing. a and like, there was trailers too, you know. Right, we had trailers right, okay, back, yeah. so there was trailers and the car, you know, the thing, and you know, it was it was it was so incredibly put together it's and such organized. An LA man. Representation, man, it's yeah. so crazy. It's history. It was historic, yeah. man. Yeah, I mean, to be in that room, you know, it was just amazing just to be in that room with all those history, all that history in there. And uh, man, it was just, it was great. You know, I mean, I, you know, there was cameras everywhere. So hopefully 
we'll see some footage at some point in life, you know, some kind of documentary or something. Cause I mean, that was an amazing moment. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. I hope that, you know, people get to experience that, bro. Cause it's like that one, that's a once in a lifetime one. That that's a once in a lifetime situation because of the all the things that played together. Oh yeah. So for it to be so completely LA, right? Um, that's just unbelievable. Yeah. You know, so it's, it's, it's gonna be hard to top. I'm, you know, hey, listen, Who cares? I listen. I, yeah. I just hope that, you know, people people already, you know, putting it up there with their favorites. You know what I'm saying? So no doubt, bro. Yeah. So it was like I'm just happy that, you know. It worked out, bro, because that's, you know, I'm from here, you know, that like we talked about. So it's like, who, you know, that's like a dream. You're not even yeah. thinking, you can plan out everything in your life. That's not even on the radar, bro. Like, you know what I'm saying? Hey, that's a, it's a legacy, man. You got the clap stack as your legacy. <laughs> you got yeah. the super, the LA Super Bowl, yeah, hip hop all stars. The clap stack was there. And, the, like, and your invention <laughs> is there, bro. Your baby, yeah. it's like one of your kids yeah, man. is on stage Lucky, with bro. you. Lucky, bro. And man. I have the heads, too. <laughs> oh yeah, you got the kick drum head, right? Got, the Super yeah, Bowl. Yeah, absolutely. Shout out to to last minute to my guy Roger at Remo. Last minute, bro. We got <laughs> Roger. That. Roger we took care the, of that for you. We got that. Remo he, does the best front kick down. drum heads, man. They're he killing it. Down. He yeah. brought it down at rehearsal. They've, they, Remo's made some kill. I can't believe the quality of yeah. the of the front kick. And Chris drum too. Yeah. The whole squad. Now I've yeah. been there since I was 15 years old. I've That's been awesome, endorsed with them almost 30 years. So longer than 30 years. So those are my guys. They're that's. That's the place. No, no shade to you know Evans or whatever, but all my heroes always play Remo. So For sure. that's where I'm at. <laughs> I remember, yeah, I remember when I signed with Remo. That was like one of the biggest days of my life. And Absolutely. I, and I was at Evans before, and they're still mad at me. But hey, it happens. <laughs> but it was just I even told them too when as soon as Remo offered it to me, I was like, yes, I've been waiting for this my whole life. And then right. I wrote Evans an email. I'm really sorry. It's just because I've been wanting that my whole life. There's yeah, nothing. It's, it's, there's it's, nothing there's that can change it. But you know, the yeah. player is not going to make the player different. But there's no. a difference sonically. You know. But for sure, I know some great guys that play that. So hey, yeah, hey. you know, Dennis plays it. So hey, what can we say? Yeah, what can we say? You know. But yeah, man, dude, I'm, I, I. I yeah, I was so happy for you guys all that night. Yeah. That was that was amazing. And then to get the win. Right. It was just you couldn't ask for a better night. And, and then stupid me flies the next morning to Tennessee to go do um, this thing called um, Crossroads. Oh, you and, did Crossroads? Yeah, I flew there the next morning to do Crossroads with Lee. And on my way. With Leanne, right? Yeah, and I, and I had a loaded 23, Glock 23 magazine in my carry-on and went through security. And nothing happened because it's, it's, I'm a little different, but it was still funny for that. Wait, to what does I'm a little different mean? I'm just, uh, you know, I'm, I, I can carry. So right. it's a okay. little different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, Got there's it. a mistake and there's no like, uh, you know, it wasn't any, it wasn't a full thing, but it was right. just like, it was funny because it went through and then they're, they're them trying to find me like while I'm eating my coffee bean and then <laughs> finding me and having the whole like, okay, we found them. And then we're walking there and then people are multiplying while we're walking. It was like a movie Because scene. you went through security and you're waiting for your bag to come through? No, I went uh, to security. I was done. I oh, was over there. Eating. Done? They, they had, the last guy missed it. And so the next guy on the shift caught it because it was still the last bag in the x-ray thing. So my bag was still frozen and the guy was probably tired trying to get off. So he just come missed on. it. <laughs> Come on. Not to put them on blast, but that's what happened. So, you know, it was funny, man. <laughs> <laughs> it was funny. I was like, what? 
And then they were like, yeah, I mean, they were calm. Everything yeah. was calm. It wasn't yeah. no funny business, you know. Like, Can we rescan your property again? Sure. And then they found it. So, okay, what, what do you want me to do? You're like, whoops, I'm sorry. I was at the Super Bowl yeah. last night. <laughs> I was just like, you know what? What do you want me to do here? And, and the police officer was like, oh, okay. You know, so, you know, we did what we had to do. And then that was it. No big deal. Wow. You know, I mean, if there's a lot of ways it could have gone wrong. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, but it I wasn't, have, yeah. it wasn't, you know, it, everything, you know, I'm, I'm a compliant guy. So there's no, you know, people make mistakes, but, yeah. um, you know, there's mistake and then there's problem. Right. Yeah. So that was a mistake. And, you know, it is what it is. It never so happened funny. again. You yeah. know what I'm saying? But thankfully, you know, everything worked out. By the way, uh, Kaz Rodriguez was here last night on the show. Oh, wow. He says what up. Oh, man. You know, Dang. he moved here. Oh, really? He just moved to L.A. Wow, that's crazy, man. Yeah, we should. We got to go out. Dang, dude. You know he got stabbed? Oh. Have you heard that story? I did not. Do you know he has synesthesia? I don't even know what that is. Synesthesia, Quincy has it. I have no idea what that is. It's when, when you hear sound, you right. see colors. Oh, wow. It's a mixture of your, of your senses where your senses essentially like misfire or are wired oh, wow. differently. Which is why he's such a brilliant composer. I'm about to say, I wonder what the correlation is because that seems Look at like Quincy it could be with crazy. his arrangements and everything. Yeah. You see, like you, he hits a symbol and and colors shoots off of it. Yeah, that's crazy, right? But anyways, he got it. He, he was he was stabbed in London just because we're talking about guns. And I was thinking, Dang. I'm thinking you're thinking like, oh, in London you're gonna be fine. No, you got stabbed in London. Yeah, that, they're they're he, a non-gun place. Yeah, but it's a non-gun place, you. but yeah. yeah, but he got yeah. he got stabbed when they were trying to just rob him when he was leaving the studio. Uh, years ago, 10 that years sucks, ago, 15 years man. ago. And he was in a coma for over a month. Oh my God. And he came out of the coma with synesthesia. Wow. Yeah, dude, you got to listen to the episode. And for anyone listening okay, to this episode, I'm gonna check it's, that the, out. it's the previous episode of, uh, or just ask Kaz. <laughs> yeah, because I just saw some of his, yeah. some posts that he did, man. He does, you know, a lot of crazy stuff. He's incredible, man. man. Yeah, yeah. He's in Thomas Lang's studio. Oh, nice. Now, so okay. him, Thomas Lang, Terry Bozio. Oh, nice. Yeah, nice, by nice. DW. Right, I was to say, that yeah, would be yeah, out yeah. there up, up towards Oxnard. Next by, time you yeah. go to DW or whatever, yeah. Definitely, nice, man. Definitely that's, go see him. That's awesome, bro. So, dude, what are, so you're well experienced in the music industry. What are you, some things that you think could be better, that should be better with the music industry? You know what? I, I feel like, and people are going to hate me for saying this, but we're, a lot of times we're operating from models that are very old, right? A lot of people don't know that there's no settled law anywhere that says a song is 50% lyric and 50% music. That's no settled law. So, you know, I wish there was a way for people to be more educated going into it because you're going to have all the, the creatives and the artists. We, you know, we, we, we figure that part out. But when you go in, to the business side, I mean, it's almost impossible to just be smooth sailing. You're always going to have those stories of, I got taken advantage of, they stole this from me, I didn't get this, and I just wish there was a way. Um, and school, unfortunately, is not the way. That's not going to teach you that really at all, right? And, um, you know, um, it's tough, man, because that's the only thing I think that, you know, for me, coming up the way I did, I wish that the business part didn't have to be so entrenched and buried for me to have to really uncover it after all these failed and bad experiences. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm just a guy trying to write songs, get them on artists. You know what I'm saying? And there's so many people that want to take advantage of you and not pay you and, you know, and take your credit. It's just, it sucks, man. You know what I mean? I wish that it didn't have to be so litigious just to get what's due you. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? You know, you know, didn't have, wish you didn't have to always pull a lawyer out you know, just to get what's due you. And it's not like that 
I'll say, in, in other genres as much. It happens everywhere, but there are some other genres that are a little bit more fair and a little bit more, you know, straight away. Mm-hmm. But you'll hear these stories everywhere, you know. Why do you think that is? Um, I think the process is different. You know, if you notice on, on hip-hop songs, you'll see usually a lot more writers than on pop songs or, or country songs. Um, and a lot of that's because there's a lot of people, you know, doing it and then you might have a sample so all those writers as well yep. whereas you know those other genres usually it's an original work and you know it's a few people you know in a room or a band or whatever and they knock it out so there's a big difference in process I, I noticed right yep. but um you know I mean I I just with the way music is now I mean like I said we just had a win with this with the copyright thing you know some some percentages starting next year of the streaming revenue the streaming uh, uh, rate is going up. Yep, that's cool. Um, up to fifteen percent, right? Of Spotify, uh, it's Spotify. going to fifteen point three. Yeah, yeah. Amazing. So that's cool, and um, you know uh, that's in our favor, right? That's sure. in the favor of the songwriter. Um, I, I, it's just a different day. So the 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 whole label thing is a lot different because there's so many direct avenues now. So the label thing is different. I think. The internet has helped for a lot of genera- of this generation to be a little bit more in tune with at least things they should ask for. Yep. Like master ownership. Well, what about my publishing? What about my royalties? Whereas those were almost taboo back in the day. Now for these sure. kids are like, hey, listen, you know, I got to have that. So, I, I, you know, I love that. So I feel like, um, you know, it, it's heading in a direction. You know, I don't think it's right or wrong. It's just heading in a direction. We're moving forward. Technology has had a huge bearing on music and creativity and every form of art. So we're always chasing the technology. You know what I'm saying? And oh, yeah. and once we get to it, then there's a new one. You know, once we get to, okay, we're right here where everybody's on the same page, basically using MIDI stuff in the 90s, right? Then the internet comes in, right? You know, and then it's like, okay, we got a handle on this internet. And then it's like, oh, streaming comes in. You know what I mean? So it's... It's a give and take with technology, but, um, you know, Herbie says it's the 21st century. Might as well use the technology. I feel like yeah. use it and make it work for you. You know what I'm saying? It can't teach you how to be creative, but, you know, um, you can manipulate it and get your creativity out there. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I hope that we continue on this path. Um, I love the collaboration that's happening worldwide yeah. because of the Internet. So I just hope we, we continue on that. And I just want to make it a point to impart the knowledge that I've learned now for the future generation. That's kind of one of my other missions, just so I can give them what I've learned. You right. know what I mean? So endorsements, you know, what have you, right? So that's where it is for me. Who keeps track of everything with you since you have so many songs that you've worked on over the... I mean, you have your, your body of work that you're constantly making with Dre, right? Mm-hmm. You had like 10 years with Dre, and now you're saying right now you have another where you're like with him till October. Yeah. I mean, I just, I just, when we kind of, we work all the time, but it's like, you know, I basically, when it comes out is when it really matters. So like, you know what I'm saying? So once something comes out, my publisher, you know, will, will, will track it. You know what I'm saying? Or, you know, and we just go from there. You know what I'm saying? I'm, and, and it's like, that's when it really matters is when it's a song that comes out. You feel me? So it's like, you know, the ideas are ideas, but when something drops, then, it just goes through a channel. My attorney will do, you know, what they do, and the publisher, you know, mm-hmm. it just seems to work out. It's it's funny, but it is really a system. But it's yeah. like 
you know, it's just funny, but it's a system. You know what I mean? I feel like so many people, when I talk to like up and coming songwriters or producers, have a kind of uh, a feeling where, first of all, they have two things. They are, uh, let's say, depressed or upset about the amount that they're writing and then how little of it comes out, if any, right? Because you write whatever, 200 songs a year. Right. <laughs> and, and, and I think a lot of them that I talk with feel like, oh, that only happens because they're up and coming or they haven't hit yet or something like mm. this. But yeah. then like, I mean, I know that's obviously not true, right? Because- Yeah, I don't believe, I don't subscribe to that. No, uh, but yeah. of course, but I think I'm just saying like to have you here and, and you're, I mean, you're comfortable now because you have like, you know, the, the, you have the flywheel moving from mm-hmm. songs that you've written that are already uh, have come out or been placed or things that you've done. Like, I mean, you have songs with Eminem that you made in 2009 that are coming out today. Right. Right. So like, but like, yeah. It's, so how, just to put it into perspective for them with you being where you are in your career as mm-hmm. a, as, as like a, a pro, a vet, still working with Dre and still you guys are making songs, right? Oh, Terrace is FaceTiming me right now. Yeah. <laughs> can you do it while he's, I don't think I can cause we're live on the air. We got uh, Terrace Martin FaceTiming. I should, oh, tell him, I should tell him call in on yeah, the show. Call in. So uh, to prove a point mm-hmm. or to, or to just like set the record straight. And also as I would say, as a form of inspiration to show like, Hey, we're all equal and this still happens. So don't expect this to not happen. Mm-hmm. You're still working with Dr. Dre. You guys have been making hits for years. And you guys are how how often are you writing songs, producing songs or beats mm-hmm. that never come out? Well, that's the thing. Like, so I look at my history. Maybe I have a hundred releases, if that. That's being maybe not even that much, but let's say I had that many. Probably it's somewhere around a hundred or a hundred or something. Dude, there's tens of thousands of ideas to get to that. I yeah. mean, and that's just life. When somebody does a record, yeah. usually you're doing 50, 60 songs to get 10, right? So I just look at it like Man, and it's ironic that you said that because just today, before I got here about two hours ago, I found my bag of dats that I've lost for eight years that have all my stuff from the early part of my career, from the 90s, hundreds of tracks, songs, never came out, you know, just music I was making, just, just learning my craft. You know, so maybe a few came out, but I'm just saying I thought it was lost. So yeah. I'm now digitizing everything and I'm listening to stuff in the early days. And it's like, yeah, man, I mean, it wasn't time. You know yeah, what yeah, I'm yeah. saying? It's like it just that's the reality. Well, that's going to be crazy to go through that now, <laughs> especially with the throwback feel coming around. Bro, bro. I, I'm you got so a hit tripping. in there ready to come out now. I'm listening to stuff and I'm like, wow, OK, that person was a famous rapper that got locked up and now. We don't hear about them anymore. That person's no longer with us. Like, it was all these moments. Crazy. And I was just like, dude, this is crazy. But just tracks and just trying to figure out a sound. You know, there's early stuff me and Terrace did. It's just amazing. I thought that was lost forever, and I just happened to find it today. Damn. So I'm, I'm on cloud nine with that, man, just digitizing all that stuff. Just to hear if there's anything I can utilize nowadays. And now with the technology, you can strip it into stems just yeah, off yeah. the two track. You know what I'm saying? For so sure. what if, you know, there might be something there that I could use for something new. I think there is, man. 
I think there is. <laughs> yeah. The sound is back. It's come back around. Right. That happened. The cyclic, man. Man, there were so many things that like, I, we got to do another episode because like, I, I also just found it today when I was researching you. I had no idea about your work with Boys to Men, bro. Oh, that was just a session. Show. Yeah, that was yeah. a session. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's true. Dude, that's it's true. iconic shit, bro. I mean, yeah, you put that's it true. down, you also just said like, oh, I did this thing called Crossroads. Right. It was a massive. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, you know what? And I'm not even trying to say it like that, but you're right. I yeah, mean, yeah. I got to, you know, it's not coming from that place. Of, oh, that's nothing. It's just. You know, you're right. On the spectrum of of yeah. uh, of of how you feel it is significant to you, it is on on the yeah. lower end. It's not even that. It's yeah. not even that it's on the lower end because you know, remember at the time, that was the thing, right? You know what I mean? I and, was so into it. And Ashanti, I mean, that was you know, shout out to my boy Seven Aurelius who produced all those murdering kids. Yeah. You know, really most of them, and uh, that, that's my guy, and that's how I did all the Ashanti stuff. And you know, um, it was just. At the time, you know, sessions and stuff. So yeah. it was just that whole period of doing sessions and, you know, trying to establish myself yeah. as a guy that can play on hip-hop records or whatever, but it's still live drums. You know, yeah. it's still a stretch for a lot of people. You know what I mean? Because most stuff is, is programming, even back then. Bro, and you played with Stevie Wonder at Live Aid? Yeah, now that was, that was, that was great. I toured with him for about three or four years in the early, early 2000s. And I did that last record he did. Uh, I played just one song I was on that last record. But, yeah, that was the highlight was. That's like the biggest crowd ever, Yeah, the right? Live 8 in Philly was us. It was a million people. Dude. That was that was the lunch. That was one. And not only was it a million people, it was a million people. And he started me over on a song in no. front of a million people. Because the Tempo set, was off or what? No, the set list was a little bit off. And he was doing his cue because he does that to start songs. But. I guess I didn't have get the memo, and he was queuing to start a a, a, a track playback that we were going to play on top of, but I didn't see that. So I went into I wish that 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 get no 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 <laughs> hold on, bro. And the crowd probably reacts. To nobody that nobody know you know. I mean, but I'm like, okay, a million people. I just got shut down. It's gonna live on forever. It's on YouTube. <laughs> no. Like, you know, and it's just, you know, it's funny. That was yeah, we funny. We got to watch that YouTube. Bro. Yeah, it was funny, <laughs> man. But that was great because my family's from there. So it was just great to be in Philly because that's where, you know, a lot of half my family's from. You your know family's I mean? from there and your parents both were in Stevie's band. Right. Yeah, my mom is from Philly. And then my dad, I think they joined Wonder Love, I guess, out here. You know, when it, when it came to L.A., I guess. That's the connection with Greg and all that. They're all in it together. So Philly Gaines. So that, you know... um, they it's did. so full circle and incredible. It's man. a weird, you know, yeah, and that's my, you know, that's just, it's just a, it's life, you know, you're out here in this city long enough, bro, if you have, like, musical parents or whatever, it's unbelievable, man. I mean, because even, you know, working with, you know, with Terrace, and then we used to work with Wayne Vaughn a lot, you know, who wrote, you know, Let's Groove Tonight and all this stuff, and then his wife was, you know, the emotion, you know, and, and then his daughter's YN, who worked with Dre on the radio show and works with... It's a very small thing. It's a weird foot. Yeah. You know, it's like a, a fishbowl. My dad has this thing called the fishbowl theory where you're just going to keep seeing people wow. swimming around people your whole life. And it's a trip, man. See, and we got, and we got such a small world because even then two nights ago, Bass was in the studio with Dre and Puff. Right. And Snoop. Come just, on. And see, and he's from Beirut. Man, that's still this. Get to L.A. It's unbelievable, Dreams bro. Dreams are coming true. Yeah, you could have easily seen me over there. So it's like, it's just. That would have been great. Well, next, next time you will, because he's worked with Snoop, too, because he works with Scott, uh, Scott Storch, too. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. 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 I, yeah mean, I know you. Yeah. That's another, you know, 
whole period. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like Scott working with him in Miami on like Brooke Hogan and you know that whole thing. And you know we met doing SNL like when he did Still Dre. You know, yeah. it's just a it's a small circle, man. And you know what? It just pays to be cool with everybody. Yeah. Everything's not going to go your way every time. And you could you could pack up and go home, or you could just stay for the great times. You know what I'm saying? And I choose to stay for the great times and keep the relationships. So that's just what it is, man. I, I you know, I've never consciously tried to do anybody dirty. I've never been sued and never had to sue anyone. Amazing. That's that's my goal. That's yeah. success to me. Stay for the great times. Mm-hmm. Trevor, bro, I love you, man. I'm so glad you came <laughs> through, man. Thanks for hanging. Y'all want to do a part two? Uh, Anytime. You, me, and Terrace. Yeah, come on. We got to do that. Yeah. Anytime. Yeah. Because that's going to bring up a whole nother type of... I know it will. And I'll have all them old songs by then. Yes, so. yes. <laughs> well, dude, thank you so much for coming and doing all this, right. man. I'm going to play us out right now with the new with the new Khaled that you're on. Oh, beautiful, bro. Use this that's gospel. What's up. Come on. Let's okay. go.